he did survive that hit. He did not go through the back window like I originally thought. But uh, it's, been a, it's been a wonderful day already today. And um, we have also been asked that if you got, especially in the back there, if you, if you have you know, chairs that have your coats and stuff, you can put them in front of you. Um, I, I love the fact that, hey, we're running out of seats back here. I love that. But a fantastic day. So, wasn't that, well, those baptisms fun? It's so cool to see people uh, going public with their faith. Okay, that was a lame applause. This is not a golf match. <laughs> awesome. There you go. There you go. It was so, so cool. So cool. You don't see the tears in the back. They're just so, so excited. Well, before we dive into this series that we're in in the, in the book of Proverbs, I've got some more fun news uh, to share with you. Uh, I've got a Horizon update. If you're new with us, uh, in January, we began this two-year initiative called Horizon, and, and uh, there's books in the, in the corner, booklets you can take to find out about that. Bar, part of it was a financial part, and uh, we have uh, an update uh, from our last week was Starting Line Sunday, where people uh, began to give for, for the next two years. But we have an update. We have six more households jumping in, 109 households now committing to 825,435. Praise the Lord for that. That's cool. Thank you for jumping in and saying, yep, this is my church and uh, we're in for the next two years to help remodel our older facility, especially our children's area and our, and our student, uh, student area. Um, and also last Sunday was our first fruit offering of this starting line where they said, you know, okay, we, we're going to launch our giving and we're going to give a first fruit offering. Let me tell you what came in in the first week here. $135,970.37 came in. Um, praise God. Because of the outpouring and the support and the backing of this, uh, we were able to sign a contract with an organization um, in Texas. Uh, the CEO used to work with Disney. They understand uh, atmosphere and environments. And so we signed with them uh, visionary this week, and they are beginning the schematic drawings, and they're also going to help build it. And they said we'll be starting the end of this summer, end of this summer. So you'll see some changes online. And the last thing is we have on the wall in the lobby there, that's our prayer and an invite uh, wall. Maybe you're here today because a, a friend of yours loves you enough to have been praying for you and then inviting you to come to Grace Point. Um, let me tell you, if you put a name on that wall and God answered your prayer, there's a little card, um, there's a little on the desk, on the table there, there's a thing you can scan and then you can tell us your invite uh, prayer answer and seeing God answer. We want to hear the story, the backstory of God answering your prayer. So you can go there and click on that. Enough of these cool things. Now I get to dive into God's word. We are in the series. This is part three of Stupid Should Hurt. Because we're all in our DNA. It doesn't matter who you are. There's stupidity in our DNA. Is oh, I think I'll do that. And we, we, we're dumb and we do it. And then it goes, that hurts. And God's word often would warn us of this, and then we ignore God's word, and we find out really that we are truly stupid, and it hurts. And so before I dive in today, because Pastor Kevin launched a great launch of part one of, I don't need to ask anybody for help. I got this. That's stupid. Um, and then last week was just not spending money wisely, not spending, it's actually spending it foolishly, very practical. But before I dive in today, 
let me tell you, there's a big difference of someone being judgmental and or providing good judgment. Those are two different things. Judgmental is I'm the judge, you know, you're on trial and I get to tell you, you know, judgment and no one is, is judged but God. Uh, and so, and we don't need anybody telling us that what we did was stupid and then it hurts. We don't need anybody. We experience that ourselves. But the book of Proverbs is all about providing good judgment, some wise counsel to avoid this, watch out for that, don't do that, or it will hurt. So that's the theme behind this whole thing, is looking at it in God's word to help us move forward in wisdom and not stupidity. Today we're going to talk about ignoring guardrails, ignoring guardrails. When we ignore guardrails, we are really being stupid, and it will really, really hurt. I had a man right in this aisle here stop me after last service and said, I needed that message 20 years ago. If I would have heard that and would have made changes, my entire life would be different today. So all of us, we knew this, and especially if, if you're... If you're young, if you're middle school, high school, man, take some good notes. If you don't have a pair notes, grab a pen and write on your arm. All right, just write it down because we want to provide good judgment for you so you don't have a bunch of baggage that you're still dealing with and, and the pain that kind of lingers on. But this is applies to all of us. Now, what are guardrails? We see them, but we don't often talk about them. They're obviously, they're there. This whole system is there to protect people from going places they should not go into danger, danger areas that will hurt them. That will hurt them. Now, maybe you've not even realized before, this before, but guardrails are always put in the safety zone. They're not put in the danger zone. Next slide, please. Yeah, they're put in the safety zone. It doesn't do any good to put guardrails in the danger zone so that when you go into the danger and you hit a guardrail, it's too late. So they're always just inside the safety zone to protect us from going into the danger zone. Now here's the purpose. Here's the purpose if you're taking notes. Guardrails are there to warn us and to protect us. They're there to warn us. You're getting too close. You know, this curve, you don't want to... You know, get to the edge, there's a big drop-off, but it's there to protect us. It's also to minimize damage. In your car, if you scrape against a guardrail, you probably have to visit a car repair shop. If you ignore the guardrail and you go over it, you're probably going to the hospital. And then you have to purchase a brand new car. All right? Or major, major money. God gives us guardrails, not what the world thinks, not what Satan would want you to believe. God just wants to make your life no fun. God's just a mean God. No, no, no. They're there because he loves you. He's there to protect you. He's there to warn you. Like, no, no, no. You don't want to ignore this because it will hurt you and others and maybe for a long time. If you're taking notes, central point is this. Our biggest regret often, our biggest regret comes from ignoring guardrails in our life. You thought your parents were stupid. I can't believe my parents are stupid. They're so mean. They're so mean. 
No, they're not. They love you. But when we ignore guardrails, big pain comes. When we ignore, ignore, ignore financial guardrails, like, I don't got the money, but I'm going to spend it anyways. If you, if you weren't here last week, go back online and watch last week. Because then it's, they're there to help you, protect you, your finances. But if we ignore, ignore financial guardrails, we're going to have pain. If we ignore moral guideline, uh, guardrails, a whole different level of pain. Relational guardrails, we blow past those, big time problem. Only fools believe they don't need guardrails in their life. Only fools believe that. Only fools believe that. Our American culture is getting more foolish by the month. It used to be by the decade, by the year. Now it's by the month, it seems like. Because there's a growing number of people who believe we don't need any guardrails. And there seems to be, just my opinion, there seems to be a strategy, a plan of attack to let's remove as many long-standing proven guardrails in our culture as possible. Anybody picking that up? Is it just me? They're saying, like, we got to get rid of this because that's just, just that is so, so judgmental. That is just mean. That is, you know, so 1950s. You know, it's like, and, and they mock guardrails. Like, we don't need them. That's old-fashioned. That's old-fashioned. In fact, our former Vice President Mike Pence was mocked and ridiculed when he was serving because he had the audacity to have a rule that I'm, I'm going to choose to not go out to eat alone with uh, another female that's not my wife or my daughter's. To be in the car alone, to be anywhere alone with someone who's not my wife and my daughters. And they, they refer to it, that's the Mike Pence rule. Actually, it was used to be called the Billy Graham rule. And that's a rule that I have, and I have made sure all of our other pastors have too. And it's there to protect us, all right? Because we all have, yes, all your pastors have the capability of being idiots, all right? Yes, that's us. And even when I had a good friend of mine, she was in my youth group when I was youth pastor here, and she lived a block from my house. And we would come to work here and then go home. I'm, at times, and she forgot the rule a couple of times, hey, Barry, can you come pick me up and go uh, into work together? Or can I get a ride home? And I'm like, I'm sorry, I can't because I have this rule. Oh, I forgot, I forgot. I said, now, I'll pick you up and go to church if one of my daughters comes with me. I wasn't trying to be mean to someone I cared about and, and, uh, and I have a long history with, almost like a fourth daughter to me. No, it's because I don't want to be stupid. I don't want to be stupid. I don't want to pay that bill of stupidity. But in a culture, we have some sayings that are not guardrails at all. They're, they're real nuanced. They're, they're not not guardrails, maybe they're like painted lines on the road, but they're so faint that you can't even recognize them. Here's one, when I see this in commercials of, of people, you know, they're, they're getting drunk, and then it says, and drink responsible. And like, and when you get drunk or when you're buzzed, call a cab or an Uber driver to pick you up. And I'm going, by that, that time, they are not thinking right to think, oh, I better call somebody. Uh, they're, like they're already being irresponsible because they're already drunk 
to make a wise decision, oftentimes. Another one in our culture, when it comes to sex, is we're telling our, 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 the next generation, well, it's okay, just when you're ready, you can have sex. When you're ready. And to a 15-year-old teenage guy, it's like, then I'm now, I'm ready now. I was born ready. You know, that, that, that's not a guardrail. And then and there's this. I see it in movies. I see it in Hallmark movies. Ah! Just follow your heart. Your heart will never lead you astray. And I'm yelling at the TV. Don't do that. Because <laughs> our hearts will always lead us astray. Our feelings have an IQ of zero. We have PhDs, multiple PhDs of talking ourselves into or out of anything. That's not a guardrail. That's stupidity. All right. I'm not saying Hallmark is stupidity. No emails, please. <laughs> but here's the thing. Our culture baits us to ignore guardrails. But when we find ourselves in the ditch of life, they shame us. They shame people. They baits us that these, gosh, you're an old adult, you can do whatever you want. We ignore guardrails, then we find ourselves in the ditch, and then they mock us. Turn to Proverbs chapter 2, if you have a copy of God's Word. We had a lot of new people here at Grace Point. If, you, if you'd like to have a Bible, they're on the tables back there. You can use one, borrow one, but if you don't have one, you can have it. The book of Proverbs is a book of wisdom. It's a book of wise saying. It helps us to acquire good judgment. But chapter 2 is very specific because it challenges the readers to pursue wisdom, passionately to pursue wisdom. And I've never heard anybody say, I don't need that. I, don't have, I have enough wisdom. I got enough. And if that's you, make sure you go back a couple weeks and listen to Pastor Kevin's part one. Okay? Because that's foolish to say that. But the challenge is, is where will you go to get that wisdom? Two choices, man's wisdom or God's wisdom. God's wisdom is always right. God's wisdom endures. The best wisdom for man usually is found in Scripture. But a lot of man's wisdom is just man's philosophy of, of things, and it may not be wise at all. It may sound wise, but it may be fool's gold. But in Proverbs, we see where wisdom comes from. We'll pick it up in chapter 2, verse 1. The writer says this, My son, if you accept my words and store up my commands within you, turn in your ear uh, to wisdom and apply in your heart to understanding. Indeed, if you call out for wisdom... And cry aloud for understanding. If you look for it as silver, we're talking about if you pursue it seriously, and you search for it as hidden treasure, then you will understand wisdom? No. Then you will understand the fear of the Lord. The Bible says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Because God puts them there for our benefit. There you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God, for the Lord gives wisdom. Uh, the half-brother Jesus writes in James chapter 1, he says, If anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. He gives it generously. 
Our God is a very generous God. When it comes to wisdom, every single one of us in this room, if you lack it, like, do I make this decision or do I make this decision? And the more options you have, it's the harder choice. And if you don't know what to do, God says, just ask me. I will provide you wisdom. Verse 6 again, for the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. He holds success in store for the upright, meaning God will bless you. He is a shield to those whose walk is blameless. He, for he guards the course of the just and protects the way of his faithful ones, meaning God's going to protect you with these guardrails. Verse 9, then you will understand what is right and just and fair, every good path. For wisdom will enter your heart. And knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion will protect you. And understanding will guard you. Wisdom are the Lord's guardrails. You pursue it, God will give it to you. And it will protect you. It will keep you from harm. God says, I will bless you. But then it says discernment will protect you. Discernment is I'm going to now behave wisely, I am going to know what is the right and responsible way to act in this situation. That is discretion, otherwise known as wisdom. It will protect us. And then he says you have understanding. Understanding is not, not just head knowledge of the situation. Just I, I, I know the facts. No, understanding in the Hebrew means that you're able to comprehend what's going on. You have a perception and awareness of what is really happening. Like, wait a second, there is a God who loves me, and he wants me to go down this path, and this is a good path. It's a hard path. It's a narrow path. Not many, too, not many people take it. But there also is an enemy of God. who The path is much wider. It's much popular. And there's a great advertisement how fun this path will be. Wait a second, if I have God's wisdom, I understand what is really at work here. God wants to bless me. Satan wants to destroy me. And he is a slick salesman. This path is fun. Everybody walks this path. This, no one will need to know. There's no consequences. God up front says, let me give you the price of, of admission for this path. Satan wakes until you're all the way down that path, and then he says, pay up, and it's way more than you could ever anticipate. Wisdom says, I understand what's at play here. I understand what's going on. Again, the truth about God's God's rail is that he, our Heavenly Father does it because he loves us. Your Heavenly Father loves you enough to put guardrails in your life to help you, to warn you, to protect you, to bless you. And God also puts guardrails in your life because he loves the people that you could hurt. You catch that? He loves them too. And he's going to protect them from us and our stupid decisions. Now, all through Proverbs is all kinds of warnings and wisdom and guardrails. Here, here's a few. First one is guard your heart. Guard your heart. Uh, again, there's, there's a ton of them. I'm just going to show, show four. Guard your heart, Proverbs 4. Now, this, there's a card of this out in the lobby. On the backside is the 30-day wisdom challenge. 
All right, Pastor Kevin's worked out. Here's a bunch of verses you should memorize. Here's some things to consider. On each of, of these sermons, we're going to, to put resources and videos there. And I made a video this week unpacking Proverbs 4. Because I believe if you get this verse and don't not only memorize it, but live it out, you and your family will avoid so many pitfalls. And it starts with guarding your heart. I tell you what to do and, and, and why it's so important to memorize that. You can pick one of these up um, outline, uh, afterwards or gracepointkitsup.com slash wisdom. Also, there's guarding your, your sexuality, Proverbs 5, Proverbs 7, all through Proverbs. Guard your friendships. It's so important, the friendships that we choose. This passage says this. Hang out with the wise people and you end up wise. Hang out with fools and you'll, no, not become a fool. You will endure pain because you're foolish to be friends with fools. Hang out with wise, you'll be wise. Hang with fools and suffer for it, all right? All right? Don't go to work tomorrow or school and go, you're my problem. Don't, Don't do that. Don't do that. Just point at yourself. Look in the mirror. Parents. Discipline your children's all through Proverbs. And this verse here says, if you don't discipline your children, it's like you hate them. Like, what? Seriously. I have I've had parents come to me like, oh, I can't, I can't discipline her. She's so young. She's so cute. I love her too much to discipline her. And I'm like, you fool. I didn't say this. I thought, you fool. But I did say this, you think it's cute at two, it's hell on earth if she's 12. Did anybody hear that? Parents, God has set us up to, we're going to install the guardrails and teach the guardrails and model the guardrails. And you do because you love them, little bundles of sin. You love them. You're like, I don't want you to get hurt, right? I don't want you to get hurt. None of this, well, you just need to choose for yourself. Where the, They're going to kill themselves. Or they're going to be so out of control, they're going to be scary. And as a youth pastor of 20 years, I had too many parents come up to me with absolute fear in their eyes, and they were afraid of their teenager. They're like, youth group needs to fix them. I ended up, as I got older and more of a veteran, I went, only the grace of God. God may do something, but what you're asking to do, to, for us to do as a youth staff should have been done in your home years ago. Now, I'm not, I'm, I just feel really passionate about this. Because if we don't put guardrails up, they will harm themselves. Many pa- grandparents are parenting their grandkids. That's our culture. That's why we're having this seminar this Friday and Saturday. If you've been around, you're like, Barry, you talk about it all the time, because I know it's so important. One of the teachings of, of our speakers is going to come in, is going to teach us as grandparents what we do. How can we discipline our grandkids? I know it's a, it's a dicey line with our, our kids now, their parents, and he talks, walks us through that, that minefield, but I've, I, we were up front with our children before they had kids. They're like, I don't know how you're going to raise your kids, but when they're with Papa and Nana at our house, it will be this way. 
and they were supportive of it. And last summer, I won't mention my oldest grandson's name. <clears throat> He's too young to watch, you know, this. But he had a fit in the kitchen. Uh, my daughter had a friend come over and he's on the counter and my wife, his Nana, brings him a bowl of grapes and he was upset and went, grapes went everywhere. And I saw my daughter go, huh, and I said, got this. <laughs> Picked that little bundle of sin up and we went upstairs and I dealt with it appropriately, lovingly, but firmly. And I shut, I shut the door. I'm like, you, now you get to stay in this room for a period of time. He thought he was sent to the gulag. <laughs> and I came downstairs and my daughter was like, and I'm like, Papa on duty. <laughs> anyway, I, and I do that be, not because I'm trying to be a mean Papa. I was like, I love that little boy. And we will have garbage. Anyway, sign up this Friday, Saturday, grandparents. Because our biggest regrets come when we ignore guardrails. But they're there to protect us and warn us. Now, there are warning indicators I want to give you, practical warning indicators. Got most of them from Andy Stanley years ago. Because in my truck, when I, I'm going too, too fast and the car in front of me has stopped suddenly, it loves me enough to ding me. Ding, 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 ding. That means push the brake, idiot. That's what it means. Or if I drift out of my lane, ding, 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 without the, without the blinker, you know. Or, or I'm backing out in the dark and idiots try to run past me from Costco, you know. And ding, 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 don't, don't hit dumb people. But they're indicators of warning to push the brake, change course, or go get back in your lane. I'm going to give you five warning indicators that God will ding, 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 ding to you because he's trying to warn you. You're getting too close or you're on the verge of stupidity. Here's the first one. is when you feel pressure to pretend you are someone than who you really are. We always think that teenagers are the only ones that suffer with peer pressure. No way. When we're in a group in the office and all of a sudden the conversation turns and becomes lewd and, and stuff. And everyone's laughing and you find yourself laughing to fit in. And, like, wait, and you're thinking, oh, why am I laughing? That's horrible. <laughs> it's like you're, you're trying to pretend to be someone else. It's hard to stand out. Hard when you're in the locker room or on the field or, or, or on a boat. But if, when you start thinking, I got to pretend to be someone that I'm not, it's a little warning. Indicator. Second one is when you feel the pressure to compromise. Compromise your faith, compromise your values, compromise your integrity. Integrity means you're the same person. You're not someone on Sunday and then you're a complete idiot on the rest of the week. No, integrity means same, bro unbrokenness. So then when you're out to sea and no one knows where you're at and everybody's like, hey, we're going to go do this and go to this club. And you're pressured to compromise. That's ding, 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 ding. Are you, gonna, are you really going to do that? It's hard. It is. Just, it doesn't matter the setting. When you're pressured to compromise, that's a ding warning indicator. Number three, when you think, I'll go, but I won't participate. Uh, 
Dads, how will that work for you if your 14-year-old daughter says, hey, Dad, I want to go to this party. Who's going to be there? 18 guys. Any girls? Just me. But I'm going to go and not participate. Is that going to pass with that test? It was my daughter. I'm like, you have two doors. Door number one, you're staying home. Or door number two, I'm coming with you. <laughs> oh, Dad, that would be so embarrassing. That's my job. <laughs> have you ever had your, your kids, teenagers say, I think you're trying to ruin my life. Anybody ever had that? Anybody had that? When I, that card was pulled on me, I went, you, you know my secret? You found out? They're like, Dad. When we think, I'll go but not participate, we'll end up participating. Uh, fourth, this is, super, this is super important. When you hope, those who care about you won't find out about fill in the blank. That is not a ding, ding, ding. That is like, ding, ding, ding. You moron. That was in the Hebrew um, <laughs> text somewhere. When we don't want our wife to find out, when we don't want our parents to find out, God sees everything. We cannot fake him out. That's a huge warning. And then the last one from my mom. Hated it when my mom's right. When in doubt, don't. When in doubt, don't. See, ignoring or removing guardrails will lead to a question that you'll ask. That's not really a question, but it's a painful statement. Ignoring or removing guardrails will lead to this question. Here it is. How did this happen? <laughs> Honey, I, it just happened. No, it didn't. There were steps made to the edge that we made, and we knew it. It didn't just happen. Financial guardrails were ignored. Moral guardrails were ignored. Relational all sorts of guardrails. One of the things that I pray, I'm, I'm, I'm serious, I pray, God, I want your blessing so bad in my life. And Lord, help me to not be stupid. I pray that, I'm serious. Because I don't want to have to look my wife in the face or my daughters in the face and tell them how stupid I've been. That's accountability for me. That's the fear of God. I'm not afraid of God. I'm like, I am so in awe and, and reverence God. God says, be careful. Your sin will be brought out. God's not trying to be mean. He's trying to protect us. So when you, those indicators are going off, what do we do? We take corrective action. Stop on the brake. Turn quickly. And if you're here going, well, I don't like correction, then there's a Bible verse for you, just for you. From Proverbs 12. Whoever hates correction is stupid. And that is why when we do not discipline our children when the wet cement is still wet, we're teaching them, you don't, you don't need correction. And they're like, I don't like, I don't like being corrected. 
then that proves that you are a human being. Because we all don't like it. But if we hate it, the Bible tells us what we are. Here's a quote from Andy Stanley. I've used this, this quote in my decision making so many times. He says this, in light of my past experiences, my current circumstances, and my future hopes and dreams, what is the wise thing to do? Every time I ignored this financially, I have paid for it. Painful. So we've, I'm beginning to ask this question more and more. In light of my past experiences, my current circumstances, and my future hopes and dreams, what is the wise thing for me to do? I tell you, this is wisdom. And, and it's not, well, is it right? Is it wrong? Is it legal? That's not questions asked. What's the wise thing for me to do? When I was uh, 16, year old, 16 years old and knew everything, and I got my license, uh, my dad said, after I got my license, he said, okay, now I'm going to teach you defensive driving. Uh, he was a former alpha cab driver in San Jose. And so he, he knew all about this. And so now I, I think in Silverdale there's a, a driver's training called defensive driving, right? And, and that's a wise thing to do because foolish driving is like, la, 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 la. Because many times it's, it's not our bad decision, it's all the other idiot drivers out there. And so my dad would say, Matt, you're going to you know, check your rear view mirror often. You're going to check your side mirror, the other mirror. And that's what I do. Now, I still know where I'm going, but I just instinctively, when I was a school bus driver, I did it even more. You know, and just, I just do that all the time. And it's prevented me from so many accidents because I was anticipating idiot drivers. I think they've multiplied in Kitsap County since COVID. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. So I'm going to give you a defensive driving passage in Ephesians to wrap things up. We're going to walk you through it. This is defensive driving from God's word, from Ephesians. He says this, Paul says this, be very careful then how you live. The word live in the Greek also can mean walk. They would use the word walk as a euphemism for living, choosing paths, walking down a path, decision making. But be very careful then how you walk, how you live. Let me illustrate that. If you have a large dog in a very small backyard, you're going to walk very careful in the backyard. You're not going to just, oh, gosh. Right? And at night, you're whipping out your phone. That's what this means. We are, so, we are to live like, like this. He says, do this not as unwise, but as wise. Don't be unwise, but as wise. And then he says this, here, here's why. Because we need to make the most of every opportunity because the days are what? Evil. And the King James is like, you know, you need to redeem the time. Every single one of us has a limited amount of time. God has numbered our days. He only ha he has it, doesn't tell us. We don't know how long we're going to live, so we got to be careful how we're living, how we're walking, not as unwise but wise, because we want to make the most of the time we have. We've got to make the most of opportunities that are in front of us because the days are evil, because the days are evil. He says, therefore, do not be foolish. Contrasting be wise, don't be foolish. Fools 
don't like guardrails. Fools don't, are not defensive kind of driving people. They're just like, this is what we're going to do. It's going to be awesome. Fools don't weigh consequences like, hmm, is that going to be the right, right thing to do, the wise thing to do? No, man, it's going to be fun. It's going to be awesome. Let's do it. Everybody's doing it. La, 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 la. It says, therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. We got to bring God into this? Yes, the Bible. We got to understand what God wants. I got this path. That's going to be hard. But that's, that's the path that God wants me to take. But this path over here, man, all these shiny things, but behind the shiny things are hooks that will hurt us. And Satan's sell, selling this and mocking that. But I'm like, I got to understand what God wants. Oh, I got this job opportunity. How much does it, how much do I make? Whoa, I'm signing up. Never ask God. And we get there. This is an unhealthy, toxic environment. Well, you signed up for it. You didn't even ask God. We're going to go to college. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Have, I did this as a youth pastor. Have you prayed about it? Because God knows who's going to be there. Who knows what friends. You might want to bring God into the equation. Don't be foolish. Just la 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 through life. Got to understand maybe what God would want is a better path, a safer path, a more blessed path. And it's always harder. But it's going to be so much better for you. Now he gives an illustration. But if you do this, it leads to this. It gives an illustration to, to, to understand the difference between wise and foolish choices. He says this. So don't get drunk with wine. Which leads to, if you do this, it leads to, in your mind, fill in the blank based upon your life experience. When people get drunk with wine, you have a person in mind? What happened? Do you have the end of the story in mind? Because you know what happened. Maybe you lived it. Do not get drunk is a guardrail. Some of you are like, I thought that was the goal for Fridays and Saturdays. Do not get drunk with wine because it leads places. I'm, I'm talking about this word, not that word, this word. But it's going to be fun. Until the night someone dies in an accident. It's going to be fun until someone is sexually assaulted. It's going to be fun until someone's future is forever changed. You're like, oh, but God's just so mean. He doesn't want me to have any fun. Like, no, no, no. I want you to have a guardrail because I love you and I love them too. So he feels it, and there's a lot of answers for this, but he Paul fills it with this. Drunk with wine leads to debauchery. We don't use that word often, but it means someone has no self-control sexually. And that happens all the time. And then he gives a contrast. Paul's always about giving contrast. Instead, instead, be filled with the Spirit. Instead of being filled with wine that leads to drunkenness, be filled with the Spirit of God. 
who we listen to him. We listen to his counsel. We listen to his ding, 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 ding. That's who's dinging us when we're like, hey, I think I'll go, but not participate. Holy Spirit is like, don't be an idiot. Ding, 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 ding. I'm going to be filled with it so I am controlled by the Spirit of God. That will lead to love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, kindness, self-control. That there's no law against we want to hire people that have all that in their life. We want our daughters to marry some dude like has all that in his life, some, some girl that has all the fruit of the Spirit. Well, it's our choice. We can live foolishly or live wisely. So this is an example of, of guardrails from God to bless us and protect us. But when we ignore guardrails, it usually ends up being our life's biggest regret. So that's why God, a loving God, puts things in Scripture. Satan wants to say, he's mean, he's this. No. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That's what he wants. God goes, I want you to live life and live it abundantly. And that comes with guardrails. It comes with guardrails. Well, we're going to have a um, PG-13 message next Sunday. If you're new to our church, that doesn't mean keep all the middle school out. No, it's called parents. You're going to have to follow up with parental guidance. We're going to have that next week on stupid should hurt. Would you let me pray with you? God, you know, all of us, you know what the choices we've done, made and stupidity we've been involved with and the hurt as a result. And God, I pray that from your word today, people would receive, this is good, good judgment, good counsel. This is wisdom. And I pray that they would apply it. I pray that they would apply it and they would see the blessings in their lives because they're lining up under scripture and doing what you have set out for us. God, thank you for loving us and being so loving that you give us guidelines, guardrails. And we pray all this in Jesus' name, amen. If this is your first, thank you. A little passionate about this. Actually, every Sunday I'm passionate about teaching. God's word. But if you're our guest today, uh, we have a gift for you at guest services. You just go there and uh, sign up. If you have an invite story, go to the wall and take a picture or go to that site. Let us hear your stories. Have a great rest of your day.